0: Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Today we are continuing our mock draft. We went through the first 16 picks. If you missed that episode, go listen. Don't miss out on who we selected for a number of teams in the NFL draft for 2021. We are continuing now going pick 17 through 32, wrapping things up and blowing through This draft order. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by NFL draft analysts Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap. Before we can get into this mock draft, though, folks, I do need to share briefly with you a message from our sponsor, Bet Online. The NBA playoffs are getting close, folks. Put some money down. If you think that maybe somebody could maybe make a run in the playoffs or could make the playoffs that could be unexpected. Maybe it's the Knicks that could do something crazy. Put that money down now on a futures bet and you will not regret getting that payout. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds that you need and it is the best way to place your bets as well as it's being as it is free to sign up. Head to their website, betonline.ag, and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, time to continue this mock draft. Always exciting to do a mock draft, and we've had some interesting picks. We've got some interesting names still on the board. Mac Jones, currently still available, because, I mean, if we're being realistic here, we didn't project any trades, so the fact that Mac Jones is still on the board not that surprising in this circumstance because I, I think we can all agree here. Somebody at some point is going to trade up for Mac Jones once he's the fifth remaining
2: quarterback available. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead, Ron. Well,
1: no, I, I was going to say it, it's going to happen. Like, let's be honest. The NFL is so star for quarterback play and we're seeing a, a year where more teams, it seems, I, I know this is probably just nearsighted, but like, it seems like more teams than a, a typical year need new starting quarterbacks. So Um, I like we 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 juggled with the you know is Carolina still in play for a quarterback despite making the Sam Darnold trade is Detroit going to just long-term look into Jared Goff are they going to try to reset after a year or so is Denver going to be in play New England there's so many teams that I think could be in the quarterback market that somebody's going to move up or at least settle in on a guy like Mac Jones but it's just I personally wouldn't value him there, but I know an NFL team is going to get desperate at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think that Mac Jones, you know, the, the level of consistency that he played with over the last couple of years when he came in from Tua and then, of course, in 2020, someone's going to want that, get the ball in the playmaker's hands, someone that thinks that their playmaker's can elevate the quarterback play rather than have the quarterback that we see in Trey Lance, that we see in Justin Fields and some of these guys that can elevate those around him. Mac Jones is going to go to a team. If he's going to find success, has to go to a team where there's playmakers galore around him to make him look better.
0: Yeah, he's not exactly the bell of the ball, but he is certainly an option for anybody looking for a date. Uh, Continuing, for some reason, with the dating (laughs) (laughs) uh, metaphors. All right, we're going to move on to our first pick in the draft, Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Alex is currently picking. He is the first one to start up our mock draft on part two. So Alex, sitting at 17, John Gruden, you know, he's he's not produced as much as I think we thought he could have done. They need a little help on the offensive line. They're a little bit inconsistent defensively. It looks like they're content with what they have at quarterback. So what do you think here is a, a smart move for yeah, the Yeah, for
2: me, you know, Mac Jones being here is interesting. I'm well on the board of Derek Carr's not a good quarterback. I've been on that board for a couple years now. Um, but does Mac Jones, what, what he brings to the table, does it really elevate uh what what Derek Carr does well for you as someone that's been there in that system for a couple of years now. I don't think so. Um so I am gonna go away from Mac Jones here. There's a few offensive linemen. The only offensive linemen off the board right now is Penne Sewell, Ray Slater, and Elijah Vera Tucker. And you you see all the movement on the offensive line thus far in the in the offseason for the Raiders. I am going to go offensive line. We have Christian all available. We have some some guys I'm going to go with Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. I think athletically his measurables they checked out. The film is super fun. I think John Gruden, Mike Mayock, what they've prioritized in previous drafts is physicality and just that mean demeanor. Tevin Jenkins brings that day one and can and can start on their offensive line uh, week one.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, you know he is exactly what you need. He fits that Raider mold, even though it's kind of like playing back to like the 70s and 80s Raiders that you remember or that we don't
0: remember, that people
1: remember. (laughs) Um, it's kind of just that that
0: happened at one point in history, right? right. It's that
1: physicality, it's that you know, just brutes, you know, I'm going to impose my will on you. Like, that's kind of how you think of the mystique of the Raiders. And they lose Trent Brown, obviously, him going back to New England. There's a clear hole at right tackle. They got rid of Rodney Hudson at, at, at their starting center. They got rid of Gabe Jackson. They are in a position now where you need to reload on the offensive line. And Tevin is a, for me, a day one starting right tackle who brings the physicality. And if he doesn't quite pan out at right tackle because there is a, you know, there is a lack of length to him as a football player, then he's going to be a very good guard, maybe potentially a Pro Bowl guard. So I, I think that it's a very solid fit. I think that it is a high floor prospect as well. So,
0: pretty crazy that Mac Jones again still is going to continue. I, I just can't wait for for the listeners of our show. There's going to be some angry Alabama fan, as always, that's going to be saying, "How is Mac Jones still available at 18?" And I could probably guess here, Ryan, you're not going to replace uh, Tua with Mac well, no, I'm Jones. Gonna bring
1: in, I'm going to bring in Tua too. Uh, Compete with Mac Jones. You know, bring back the quarterbacks of the Alabama past, (laughs) and we're going to get AJ McCarron as a free agent. I don't even know if he's a free agent. Oh my god! But
0: Jalen Hurts, go trade for Jalen Hurts too. Recreate the whole quarterback.
1: I put it out on Twitter a couple weeks ago. I would love to see Philadelphia at number twelve take Mac Jones and reunite him with Jalen Hurts. That would be the funniest thing in the world. The quarterback (laughs) factory. That would be fantastic. But I'm not going to do that to Miami, especially since my dad is a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. So I'm going to put him in a good situation. So they actually have. Their second first round pick here, pick eighteen. They drafted Kyle Pitts, of course, at pick six. They had the conversation between Pitts or Waddle. I opted out. I opted for uh, Kyle Pitts, who I just think is a better football player. So now, where can we go? Wide receiver, I think, is still on the board because they need help there. Right? It's still on the board potentially. I-, I looked at the wide receiver board. I see interesting players like Rashad Bateman. And Elijah Moore, even though I think it's way too early for Elijah Moore, Kadarius Toney, Rondell Moore, if you could tell me that he was healthy all the time, I don't think it's too early for Rondell Moore. But he's got a little bit of concerns. So I'm going to look at the defensive side of the ball. Interesting conversation of edge, pass rusher. We need to improve that room because I think Emmanuel Ogbe is a very solid football player. He had nine sacks last year. They let go of Kyle Van Noy. So am I going to get the typical New England style big-bodied edge a la a quitty Pay or a Jalen Phillips, who kind of fit that mold pretty well. Both guys over two hundred sixty pounds, and they have some some size to them. Or am I going to replace Kyle Van Noy, who's more of that three, four outside linebacker, outside track winner? Which one am I going to go here? And if I'm going to go that style, then the conversation is Aziz Ojolari, the outside linebacker, pass rusher from University of Georgia. I am going to opt here for. Aziz Ojalari, I think that he is a very good football player. I think he's worthy of a top 20 pick. I think he could still get a whole lot better, like a substantial lot better. And I think that he's actually much better against the run than people give him credit for. I think that there is, you know, his ability as a speed, outside track rusher who has solid enough hands but really good bend, flexibility in the ankles and hips. I think that this kid is... That Kyle Noy role, I think he fits that style. And I think him combining with Emmanuel Agba and some other ability to blitz players from different spots that Miami had. Because Miami quietly was among the leaders last year in sacks, despite not having a guy who was a high-volume sack producer. So getting a guy like Aziz Ojolari, for me, is really interesting from not only a style perspective, not only a, a scheme perspective, but I also think he might just be, you know, maybe the arguably the best football player on the board. And you also don't get the injury concerns that Jalen Phillips brings. So yeah, as he's yeah. Ojolari, outside linebacker, Georgia.
2: No, yeah, definitely. You're talking about Miami's uh scheme and how that's a fit. I'm I'm right there with you. And I think this is really a sweet spot as far as the value uh that you can get in Ojolari. I think this is about where you'll see that first. Edge rusher, defensive end, outside linebacker taken is around this area, and for me, I'm with you. Aziz Ojolari is is right there at the top with some of those guys. You don't have the injury concerns. I think he's a better run defender than people give him credit for as well. So I'm I'm you hit it you know hit the nail on the head right there. I think he gives you that that athleticism and that outside track rush that you like to have in a 3-4 system. Someone that also in the Georgia scheme was asked to drop back in coverage and has the athletic profile to do that very well at the next level as well. So I think he really fits fits the scheme there, and he's a good football player at 18 to pair with Kyle Pitts, who you took uh, last week uh, at number six.
1: And they're both 20 years old, so the development of these mm. guys is fantastic. My,
2: my, can we talk about – I mean, uh, we don't have to go down a rabbit hole, but Miami's close. If they can get consistent quarterback play, they have a good roster. They have good coaching staff. Miami, you know, with the downfall of the New England Patriots over the last couple years, I know Buffalo's looking good in 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 that division, but Miami's right there. They're they're a couple pieces away from really contending.
0: Yeah, and and realistically speaking, two is going to improve. People assume that he's already a bust, which is hilariously stupid to assume that after one season of seeing him play but you put put all these options out there for him Kyle Pitts is definitely going to clear that up for him I find it funny how I end up with another NFC East team here as I'm picking at 19 for the Washington football team now there's a couple directions I could go here defensively they're pretty much set uh there's some holes that aren't perfect I think it'd be funny to maybe draft another pass rusher to just throw out there for the hell of it and they would have easily the most elite uh, pass rush in the NFL but I'm not going to do that. Um oh wow, there's actually two there's two picks right now that I'm torn on. Because for Washington to be sitting here at 19 in a position in a position to draft a quarterback is very promising. Yet at the same time, I I would like to fix the offensive lineup a little bit before I make that decision on the quarterback. But I, I, I'm not going to, and thanks for Ryan for enticing me into this decision. As much as I wanted to go Christian saw Mac Jones has to go at some point and this is his best spot, except maybe the next pick. That'd actually be funny if he ends up in Chicago. Yes. If he ends up uh, with, with the literal epitome of what Mac Jones is going to be in the NFL as his, uh, the man in front of him, Andy Dalton. But I'm going to end, end up sending him to Washington. Mac Jones will be a Washington football team member. Is that what we call a member of the Washington football team? Um, I don't know if that necessarily correlates to success in his career, but they've got good good receivers. He's They've got a very, very good defense, which is going to really help him. And it's also highly ironic that the comp that we keep hearing – for Mac Jones is Kirk Cousins, and here he is, starting his career right where Kirk Cousins did. And maybe he'll sign a big contract with Minnesota or some other sloppy team in a few years and not stick around because they can't keep a quarterback.
1: Washington football team fans are going to hate your guts, and I love every second. Why? Because... Nothing, nothing. I'm, I'm gonna keep my opinion. Well, them. he's not
0: gonna be available there anyways. Right. So, well,
1: well
0: they might. Sh- Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the answer. So, what else are they supposed to do? Wait until next season, yes. and then you—it's another year out yes. of constantly. <laughs> I think if you're at 19 and he's available, you pull the trigger. But again, that's—it's not gonna happen. It's probably not gonna happen because, as we've talked about at the beginning, someone is going to trade up into the top 15 if he slides past. You know, five, six, or seven, someone's going to go make a move for him because somebody's going to really need a quarterback. But if Washington's there. Yeah. I I see no reason not to.
2: Jokes aside, I mean, the value here, getting a starting caliber quarterback, like I said, I don't think he has very much potential for high level play at the next level. But if you can get a kirk cousins-esque football player at 19 overall at the quarterback position i think you're happy with what you get and that and that's a ceiling for him like you were talking about a second ago and you bring him into washington for instance you have playmakers you have terry mclaurin you have antonio gibson who's one of the most dynamic pass catching running backs in the nfl and you can kind of see the 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 way that he can find success in the nfl with that roster construction I don't hate the fit. I just, I just, I, w- I was expecting you to go uh, Darisaw there, and I was waiting for him in Chicago. I,
0: I was, I was really, really close to going Darisaw, Darisaw would be but a good then pick I, too. I, I, yeah, I remember I didn't even re- know that Mac Jones was still on the board. It was a foregone conclusion that he was gone, and then Ryan scrolled up in the draft simulator, and I saw his name. I'm like, oh wait, I can't. I, I can't mess. You know, this know up. who I
1: would have taken for Washington?
0: You're not the one who's. Well, picking, I'm just saying. So. You know who I would have taken? Who? Who would you have taken? Jack.
1: Would have taken Jeremiah Usacormela.
0: So that was the third guy, but I didn't even I didn't even pitch him because he was third on the list. Mm-hmm. Because that does fit two needs for them. They do need some. They need linebacker help. They also need a little bit of safety help. And he he's a first time player.
1: Chalk would probably be a better quarterback
0: than Mac Jones for being honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, you're picking for Chicago right now. No quarterback on the board anymore. They get screwed out. Screwed out of it smells. Possibly finding a, a, a solution. So who who are you Davis taking?
2: Davis Mills, do it. No, or, no. Davis, oh no, my god! I can't do Davis Mills.
0: Could you imagine? Could you imagine if that happened uh, at pick 20? I mean, I mean,
1: Daniel Jones went top ten at one point, so yeah, I can imagine it. Go ahead.
0: The
2: Daniel Jones is a great starting quarterback. Oh yeah, you don't that, dude. <laughs> the Bears to me are what you know. You don't want to be. You don't want to be that team that has everything figured out for so many years, aside from the quarterback position. And that's been the, the Bears' M.O. for the past, what, five or so years? They've had a great defense, obviously, uh, with Vaughn Miller headlining that group over the last couple of years. And, and the offensive line has been good. You have Allen Robinson. You have playmakers. Anthony Miller uh, recently drafted. Darnell Mooney, you just don't have a quarterback. But with Mac Jones gone, I don't see anyone worth uh, taking at 20. So I'm just going to go best player available at a need. And... Though I'm not a huge fan of them, um, I think Christian Darisol is the pick here. I think you get you get good athleticism. You get someone that you can just plug and play right away with with the physical traits to to get even better over the over year two, year three. He feels a need for him. It pushes down that quarterback need another year with Mac Jones going off the board before he gets to them. So. Uh, it, it's just it's just another year where Chicago seems to figure out every other position, but the most important one on the football field.
1: So back-to-back picks here um, with Chicago included in that, and then now the Indianapolis Colts obviously on the clock. They need offensive tackle help, both teams. Indianapolis is a good football team that just got, th- hopefully figured out the quarterback position. We'll see if Carson Wentz can gain some co- confidence back They have a good defense. They have a good running game. They have a really good offensive line, except Anthony Costanzo retired this offseason. So right now they have huge hole because right now they're going to potentially be depending on Sam Tevy, who's awful, or Julian Davenport, who is even more awful. So they have to figure out that position. I think defensive end is an interesting conversation with Jalen Phillips still on the board and Quiddie Pay still on the board. I think cornerback is another interesting conversation. I would be okay with giving them Eric Stokes here at 21, which it seems all of a sudden I am, again, higher on Eric Stokes than everyone because now everyone's saying he's a second-round pick. So whatever, that's a different conversation. I'm going to give him offensive tackle, though. I am because you had to figure out the left tackle position. And you guys know I've been a bigger fan than, I think, a decent amount of people on this guy. Like I think some people are fans of him, but I like Sam Cosme from Texas. I really do. I think he is a very, very good athlete. Very good athlete. We saw the testing. You pop on the film. Everything's there. Is he fundamentally sound right now? Absolutely not. But what he is is he's what. he might not fit the arm length conversation, right, the threshold. His arms weren't as long as you would like. But when you're talking about the athletic profile and the size that you need at left tackle, Sam Cosmi hits all those thresholds. And I think that he is a day one starting left tackle for the Indianapolis Colts. You couple him with – with uh, Braden Smith and Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly. That is a f- Mark Lewinsky at right guard's a very solid football player. Like that is one of the best offensive lines in of football, even with a rookie left tackle. So let's 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 firm up that offensive line for a quarterback in Carson Wentz that has a history of getting injured. And let's get Sam Cosby, offensive tackle out of Texas.
2: I thought you were going Spencer Brown for a second when you started your ramble. I was, oh. Wow. I was thinking about it. I was, honestly, would if been... Cosme
1: was off the board there, like let's say there's an earlier run in offensive tackles, and maybe Darisol and Cosme was, I have no problem. I'm I guarantee that Spencer Brown will probably be off the board for me before this this mock draft is over because I think he's gonna go in the first round. I truly do, because when you look at the when you look at the athletic threshold conversation again, 34 plus inch arms, six foot eight plus, former tight end, athletic as anything. And then he ran six nine six in the three cone, twenty-nine reps on the bench, four eight eight in the forty-yard dash. Like that kid is a special rare athlete for the position at a position that like when you're talking about Tyron Smith and Teron Armstead and Lane Johnson and and all these guys that have been super successful at the offensive tackle position over the last few years. Spencer Brown is right up there as a rare athlete. So, I do. He was definitely in the conversation. I just took um, Sam Cosby because I think that his transition is going to be a little smoother early on. And he's a true left tackle. Spencer obviously played right tackle in college.
2: And that makes a lot of sense, especially with the fact that Indianapolis is close from a roster construction standpoint. They have everything in place. You want someone that can contribute higher level of play in year one than you'll probably get in Spencer Brown. And and that's what you get with Sammy Cosme, is you get someone that's that's going to play better in year one. Hopefully, Carson Wentz can turn it around. I actually am pretty optimistic. I, I feel good about Carson Wentz' transition to Indianapolis. I think he's in a good system, uh, both mentally and physically, to to succeed with the with the pieces around him. So I think this is a good pick, and I think Indianapolis is a team to look out for. Someone that could surprise some teams next year. Absolutely,
0: I'm surprised you didn't consider maybe taking. A receiver uh, at this point. Um, I
1: mean, they got they have, although, although, they have Pittman back. They have Hilton like that. That's a it's a need, right. but I think it's more. Paris of a Campbell's gonna hopefully Apple. gonna be helping. Paris Campbell, yeah.
0: Can Can you pull up what receivers are still available? Absolutely. I need to. We're far enough in where it's hard to keep track of who is taking. Um, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna get to the Tennessee Titans pick. Before I do, though, folks, I need to tell you about Canaan. It's time to make your outdoor experience better with Kanan. Kanan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger, as well as having Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code KaninCAST15 at Kanan.com to receive 15% off of your first pair. That's Kanan K A E N O N C A S T one five Kanan clearly better. All right, I'm up here with the Tennessee Titans. They lose Corey Davis and Adoree Jackson in free agency. Now Corey Davis not necessarily played up playing up to the hype that we hoped he could as a top ten pick, but you're losing one of your starting receivers. After AJ Brown, you have limited options. Adoree Jackson. Didn't have a good year last year, but you lose one of your starting corners. Now you have limited options. I think based on who is available, and you know, I could go Eric Stokes, but I don't think I am going to go Eric Stokes in this situation. I, I would like to find another receiver who is going to provide some juice for Ryan Tannehill, who we know has been successful since transitioning to Tennessee and heading over to Tennessee. But he's still going to need good receivers to help him out. He's not a guy that is going to have success solely based on his performance. And anything can happen to Derrick Henry. I am not picking Tylen Wallace <laughs> at number twenty-two. I'm going to take Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. Um, not necessarily exactly similar to, to A.J. Brown, but possession receiver, good route runner. I think that you know that could work very, very well in Tennessee. And you're bolstering that receiver group, make your your offense. A little bit more diverse, more options for Ryan Tannehill I think is, is a must. I wanted to go tackle here. I don't know if I would necessarily go um, uh, Spencer Brown that early. I was considering it, but I think Bateman definitely is a, is a great pick for them.
1: Yeah, I think he's what they need. They don't have that outside guy. You know, A.J. Brown could do it, but A.J. Brown's more of a like inside, quick game, yak Guy like that's what he does really well, and then you're losing guys like Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, a lot of guys. Jadu Smith at tight end, who's Mm -hmm. also a pass catcher. Obviously, I did a I did a mock draft for tennessee in like this live mock draft setting up with a bunch of other people and i was actually using tennessee titans and i got them rashad bateman and pat Fryermuth back-to-back picks in the mm. first and second round so love to fit with rashad bateman i think it makes a ton of sense
2: yeah i mean you you, you kind of alluded to it ryan uh you have aj brown in place who's going to be your wide receiver one for the foreseeable future but you have to replace a lot of targets Corey Davis, you know, is who Joe talked about. But like you said, John Hugh Smith, Adam Humphreys, there's a lot of targets left on the table going forward, and they have to replace. They have to bring Ryan Tannehill some targets. The offense is in a transition period. You lose offensive coordinator Arthur Smith to the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to keep the same scheme. They're going to keep going with what works, and that's run the ball through Derrick Henry and work the play action in with Ryan Tannehill, and they have to give him viable targets on the outside, which they don't have right now. They don't have any viable options, in my opinion. Rashad Bateman can be that in year one. I think his transition is going to be one of the smoother out of this wide receiver class. Mm-hmm. Am I up? Nope, I'm it's up. me. I bel- okay. Yeah, it is Alex now. Oh, didn't you pick for the Jets
0: the yeah, first time? Yeah, I did, number uh, two. Look yeah,
2: at that. it all I comes guess, full circle. Yeah. yeah, so Zach Wilson was the pick at two. Again, I went a little bit more predictive because it seems like it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to be the pick uh, on Thursday night for the New York Jets at number two. So you have Zach Wilson off the board at, on this roster. Look, Robert Salah's coming in. He's going to want to beef up that defense. So there's a lot of defensive needs. I could go running back and take RB1 off the board just ahead of Pittsburgh, who I know is going to be interested
1: and Travis Etienne.
2: Yeah, no. Uh Najee Harris would be that one. <laughs> um, so but you know I'm gonna take the value here. The Jets are in a position where they can take more risk with this second first round pick. I'm gonna take the risk in Jalen Phillips out of Miami. You gotta be wary of the the concussion problems that he's gone through. They need a pass rush, though. The Jets have Quinn and Williams, and that's about it on that defensive line. That's all you yeah, Well, need. you know what? I'm a Big Quinn and Williams fan, but <laughs> Jalen Phillips I think can come in and like I said, high level high level potential is there. This guy could be an all-pro level player, but you have to be wary of the head injuries that he's he's incurred over the last few years the jets have like i said go ahead
1: excuse me is this alex gilstrap the one that said that they would never take jalen phillips in the first round it's the same guy happening right now
2: no 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 what i'm saying no 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 we're going let's back it up (laughs) i said i said i would not take jalen phillips in the first round i wouldn't i i don't think the risk is worth the reward however it feels like the NFL is going to be higher on him. So I, like I said with the Zach Wilson pick, if I wanted to go my picks the whole way through, I wouldn't have picked Zach Wilson number two. But it's a foregone conclusion in my opinion that he's going to be the pick at two. It's my belief that the NFL is still going to value Jalen Phillips and that high-level play as a defensive end in the first round, trying to be a little predictive while trying to, trying to pinpoint uh positional needs for certain teams. So that's why I'm going Jalen Phillips here, like I said. Jalen Phillips, I would be out on. He wouldn't even be on my board. We talked about this in a podcast before. We talked about this with a couple of guys. Jalen Phillips would not be on my board because I know that there's going to be probably a handful, if not half the league, that would be higher on him than me, that would take him before I would. So he would just be someone I'm completely out on. But like I said, the Jets, it feels like the NFL is going to take him in the first round. But and if there's a landing spot for him there. I think the New York Jets with this second first round pick, new head coach coming in, you got some transition, you had you have a little bit room, a little bit of room to to make a splash and make a high risk high reward play here.
0: Not to mention a, a defensive minded right, head coach. Exactly. Yes. Once they get their quarterback, he's probably going to be aggressive and saying, "Alright, we need we need some juice, we need to attack, we need to build this this thing the way that I built it in in uh in San Francisco." And I think that that's uh that's a really good point.
1: I'm in such a tough situation. So, I just looked at when Pittsburgh's second pick is because I'm in, like, a quarrel between two positions. So, Alex, do you think there's any possibility that at 55, either of Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, or Javante Williams is still on the board?
2: I don't think... Uh, I would no. highly zero and doubt zero that. Zero chance, no. right? Not, not, not very high. Yeah. Not happening. <sighs> so you can get Michael Carter or Kenny Gainwell if you want.
1: <laughs> uh, I like Kenny Gainwell, but, I mean, they need a high-volume ball carrier. So... Um, if I, if I had like a James Connor still in the, in the room and I just needed a dynamic weapon to pair with him, I would be cool with that. But I think running back's a huge need. And it's, I, I'm not the biggest like running back in round one guy. I'm really not like in the twenties. It's fine. Thirties. Definitely. It's fine. But it's just, cause I was thinking, do I take a running back or do I take Eric Stokes to be the young corner opposite of Joe Hayden? Like that I think would be a great pick. I would have loved that pick, but you could probably still get a corner in the second round, whether it may be an Ifyatu Melifonwu falls or a Tyson Campbell falls or one of these talented corners fall because it is a deep corner class. And take the running uh, – so it's just – I don't know. It's a tough conversation because I, I think that the value of pick 55 at corner is going to be a lot higher than running back. So I'm going to have to take the running back at 24 – I would I prefer Travis Etienne to, to Najee Harris, but we're also doing this partly predictive. And I think that Najee Harris kind of fits stylistically what the Steelers want at the running back position, fitting kind of that more of that Le, Le'Veon Bell type of you know, mold for a running back position. He's, you know, he's an all-around good back. He's got power. He's got enough flexibility. He can catch the football well. So I'm going to do the very predictive cliche. Dull down like that we've seen in every single mock draft. I'm going to have Najee Harris to Pittsburgh Steelers just because I think the value at 55 is going to be better for corner than it is for running back. So there we go, Najee Harris.
2: No, I like it. That's who I thought you were going to go with. That's why I talked about it a little bit with the Jets pick. Najee Harris, I mean, like I'm I'm with you uh, talking about I'm not the biggest don't take a running back in round one. There's value to be had. I just don't think a running back should be taken in the first half of the first round. But here at 24 – You, you're trying to win with your last year or two of Ben Roethlisberger. Bringing you have to have a running back. They have nobody. Benny Snell is not who I want uh, leading my running back core of a of a playoff team. So Najee Harris just brings another dynamic weapon as Ben Big Ben as he's digressing uh, in his in his career can can look to him as a check down can run the ball really well. Very diverse skill set. I think Najee Harris is a home run picker. Thanks, Alex.
0: And it's also just a – it ultimately is a pick that I think makes a lot of sense. A lot of the stuff you guys said here, he's going to fit well in Pittsburgh, especially with the way that they like to run the football. Now, again, I get to pick for the Jaguars for the second time, working out perfectly like it did for Alex. Just considering who's currently still on the board, I kind of want to take a lineman, but I don't think I'm going to go in that direction. Defensively, they're terrible. They're just (laughs) – They're just not good defensively. (laughs) And this team really needs a a really strong rebuild across the board. So I I think you can't really go wrong with a a number of different directions. But the fact that Jeremiah Usu koromoa is still on the board, and he is a versatile player that can come in and wear multiple hats based on how you want to deploy him, he would be a great pick for Jacksonville. They just need some defensive help. They need athletes. They need playmakers. They need guys that are able to do multiple things, and I think that he would be a great pick for Urban Meyer uh, to bolster that defense that has just not been good since the run that they had in the AFC Championship game. Uh, They've been downhill since then, continuously losing players. Any defensive player that's available, they should take. So,
1: Joe, are you... So, in your in your in this hypothetical are you thinking that jeremiah usakoramo is maybe more of a safety than linebacker then in this situation because Pro-
0: probably yeah cuz i think that they're they're definitely a little bit more solid at linebacker right. but I, I i don't know i, I continue to see jeremiah usakoramo as just a player that that a, a defensive weapon i know that's so cliche and easy just to throw out there But look what Jeremy Chin did, and I continuously will say Jeremiah Wusukoromoa can end up being somebody's Jeremy Chin, who did a lot of different things and had a high level of success because he's a fantastic athlete, um, and they just let him run free, and I I think that Jock is going to be able to do that with Jacksonville. Well,
1: you know how I am with, like, so I want a true free safety, and I want to get multiple second-level defenders, and I want to play man-to-man across the board. So in, like, that philosophy, I think Jeremiah Wusukoromoa fits perfectly because, You have Joe Schobert, who's a good football player. You have Miles Jack, who's a good football player. But to have a guy like Jeremiah Wusakormo, who maybe could be like that, like you're going to label him as maybe a strong safety type that can come down and play man. He can blitz off the slot. He can play some overhang. I feel like the versatility aspect is what makes him fit potentially there.
2: No, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with y'all. Jeremiah, this is great value to me. I think he's a top 20 player in this draft class, so to get him at 25, I like it. And like you said, he can play a multitude of roles in a bad defense and can just kind of be that chess piece that can take away the best uh, athlete over the middle of the field, whether that's their slot receiver, whether that's a tight end or the running back. I think he can do a good job m- minimizing those, those positions. Uh, you know when he's playing across from him. So Jeremiah Wilson in a bad defense, good football player. Absolutely. Um, is it me now? Nope. Oh, no. No, it is now. Alex for the Cleveland yeah, Browns. Cleveland Browns, they're in an interesting situation. They can go a handful of directions. Uh, Rashad Bateman would have been a look. I know a friend of the friend of the show, Corey kinnon is big time on Rashad Bateman to Cleveland at twenty six. <laughs> We had we need some we need some pass rush though we need some defensive line help. Uh, you just got you just got um what's his name Miles Garrett. Well, they
0: just signed Jadavion. Cl- they just signed Jadeveon Clowney. So I See, I don't know how like aggressive they're going to need Jadavion Clowney's pass not
2: going to stop me from drafting a defensive end. That's just me. Jadavion okay. Clowney at this point in his career, I think he he is what he is, and he's he's a solid football player. But he's not going to stop me. That contract's not going to stop me from taking someone. And in fact, you know they need interior help, and this is someone I think that can rotate inside, but can also be a presence opposite of Miles Garrett. Despite, like you said, Jadavion Clowney being the uh, the signing they just had, that's Quiddy Pay, Michigan. I think the athletic athletic profile that he can bring, paired with his strength and his is just freaky athleticism. Let's just go back to his athleticism. I think this guy can play. Whether you want him to play three tech, five tech, he can play all over the line. He brings that physical freak uh, nature that you get with Miles Garrett, so you can have one, you know, and, and Jadavion Clowney for that matter. So you can have three guys deep of just athletic freaks that that's going to make it really hard on opposing offensive lines. I think that's a fun pick that can really bolster up that defense around Miles Garrett.
1: No, I, I I like the fit because I think he stylistically is is what they need moving forward. I also agree that. Jadavion Clowney is a really good run defender at the at the defensive end position, but he has just not been a guy that's like a high-volume sack guy, so I don't think he's going to be a long-term solution. I think it's a good for a year. I think he could play an obvious role, but Quiddy Pay has substantial upside, so I don't hate the pick, especially at 26. Right. And now I'm going into a division rival, yeah. Baltimore Ravens, and honestly, I probably would have given them Quiddy Pay. Yeah, I was to about to say, place. this is
2: probably um, just got, got your right. guy.
1: I think this is the worst situation because you have uh, Pay off the board who would be a perfect, I think, replacement for Matt Judon role, right? And then you have Rashad Bateman that's off the board now as well, which I think is also the perfect fit. Yes. So I'm looking at the board and a wide receiver specifically. Like Elijah Moore's getting a lot of conversation in the first rounds. One, I just don't like the value there. And then two, I don't think he fits what they need. Like they need mm. a that guy that's an outside receiver that has size that can. So is a Terrace Marshall a fit? I think so too, but like I don't know if I value him there. I just really don't at 27. I, I don't know if I like it. Kadarius Tony's another small guy. Rondale Moore, I love, but he's a small guy as well. He's five foot seven. He's not gonna fill that role. I don't think that there's that big outside receiver. So like edge am i going to take a developmental guy like a Jason Oway let's say am i going to do that it just seems really early and then the other spot is offensive tackle obviously right cuz i i think safety's a need but like Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott like i think it's fine like i i don't i think it's okay i i don't i don't know i don't You're want You're forgetting to somebody. What, who am i forgetting?
2: You're forgetting your boy. You need to take Cisco? this guy he's practically an edge rusher. Ooh, who are we talking about? We're talking about Savin Collins. I, I, I don't oh. want Savin
1: Collins playing that spot, though. I don't. I don't really want it there. He, he, you see his <sighs> weight. You see what he measured in at. Yeah, I know, but he's he just like I. I don't think he's a high volume sack guy. Like I think he might be a Sam backer in a three four. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna fill the Junon role. Like Junon was a pass rusher. You know. I don't know. Ah, uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one because an offensive tackle, like. You you so they have Ronnie Stanley coming back from injury, who's an excellent football player. Obviously, they just traded Orlando Brown, but they did sign Alejandro Villanueva. Is Alejandro Villanueva the long term guy at right tackle? Obviously not. So for me, this is where I'm going, and I know some people are probably not going to like this in Ravensland. It's fine. I'm going to draft an offensive tackle to sit behind Alejandro Villanueva for a little bit, and then be the guy long term. That's my guy, and I already tweeted earlier that this was going to be my developmental guy and a guy that should be drafted in the first round because he has all the traits to develop into a pro ball right tackle at the very least, I think. I think he has that talent. Spencer Brown, offensive tackle. Northern Iowa to the Baltimore Ravens with pick 27.
0: And there we go. Spencer Brown finds a way to come off the ball. It was going to happen. It happened eventually. Ryan found a way, <laughs> and he succeeded in doing it. So the New Orleans Saints – Moving on to I guess new horizons. I was gonna say better horizons, but different not horizons. Not better. Like, not better. Not better. <laughs> no, I don't I don't know why better came to mind. No Drew Brees. Is it Taysom Hill? Is it Jameis Winston?
1: Is it Davis Mills?
0: Oh. Is it Davis Mills? No, so there's two things that I I'm I'm considering here. Because Michael Thomas was hurt most of last year. And their offensive struggles came when Michael Thomas wasn't available, and Emmanuel Sanders was a terrible second option. They were constantly looking for something to fill in when Michael Thomas wasn't available. The other thing too is I think that they still could use some secondary help. They could take an Eric Stokes here. That that's that's kind of where I'm sitting at. I, do I go Eric Stokes or do I go Elijah Moore slash Kadarius Tony as you know just like a juice guy to add into? your receiver rotation. And I, I think just based on the fact that they're starting new at quarterback, they're not going to have the same high level of play and they're going to need some help with, uh with, you know, whenever Michael Thomas might not be available, or at least he might need someone else to take the load off of him, getting a little bit of juice, your own younger version of Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Not necessarily a direct comp, but I'm going to take Kadarius Tony here out of Florida.
1: Interesting. That is Interesting. I have not seen that fit in any mock draft. That's very interesting, Joe.
0: Well, too bad. I just
1: well, made I was say that's a negative. I, I like new. I, like different.
2: <laughs> I do. So. Yeah. Kadarius, Tony, good football player. It's dynamic. They need that in their offense. Like you said, it's Michael Thomas and nobody else at this point with Jared Cook off and gone. Adam Troutman's probably going to have to be the starting tight end since they invested so heavily in him. Emmanuel Sanders is gone, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure yeah. he's. Daniel Sanders he's left in free agency. You do have some targets to replace. Kadarius Toney, you know, can be that short to intermediate guy that can that can, you know, if Taysom Hill's your quarterback, you want him to get the ball out of his hands quick and not have to stretch the field vertically. So Kadarius Tony could be a good fit there. Uh so that puts me on the board. Is it me? Yeah, I think ah, so. The Green yes, The Almost Green done. Bay Packers. I recently went on a podcast. Uh, that focus on the Green Bay Packers talking about some draft needs talking about some potential options. And we talked about Eric Stokes and that's who I'm going to take here Eric Stokes I value as a first round caliber football player you got Jair Alexander on one side you got Darnell Savage these are some of the guys we talked about. Uh, leading that defensive back core, but they are missing an outside cornerback opposite of, like I said, Jair Alexander, who's who's been a staple there over the last handful of years. So Eric Stokes, I think, can step in and he could play in any coverage you ask him to, whether that's zone, press man, off man. I think he has the athleticism. He has the length and he has the long speed to play in any, uh, in, in, in any scheme, really, in any kind of uh, coverage. So Eric Stokes is going to step in. I think Eric Stokes is one of the most translation, you know, uh, scheme. What am I trying to say? Scheme translatable, scheme translatable guys. Yeah, I couldn't get that out of my mouth. Uh, you know, in this draft class, I think no matter where he goes, I think he fits because he can do everything well, pair that with long speed. Um, you know, his, his click and close ability and his, his, his coverage, you know, IQ, I think Eric Stokes is a, is a good first round caliber cornerback. Uh,
1: uh, Joe, I love your your chats. It's so funny.
0: <laughs> it's usually me complaining about scrolling up and then yes, saying something usually. I probably shouldn't be.
1: Um, <laughs> um, so I think I'm, I'm, on the, the, I'm on the clock now with the Buffalo Bills. Am I right about that? Yes.
0: No, he did Wait, no, no, no. Yeah, yes, I'm you are a, on the okay. clock with the Buffalo Bills. I, would, I, would, I thought, I, I thought, I thought for a second that that he just took Stokes for the Bills, no, but no.
2: Go no, ahead.
1: Yeah, I, I love the Stokes pick. By the way, pick twenty nine. I think it's tremendous value. Thank
2: you. So
1: Buffalo Bills, Travis Etienne, super, super interesting. I'm thinking about that heavily, but I think I'm going to go a little differently here. I think that the. I think that B- Buffalo struggled a little bit last year with your ability to pressure the quarterback and to have a presence up front other than Ed Oliver. I think Ed Oliver translates very well to the three-tech. I loved Ed Oliver coming out. So I'm going to get him a, a, a partner inside, a guy that I think is going to play a little bit more one, who, but also has a lot of pass rush upside from the interior that's going to help guys like Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison and some underwhelming edge group. But I, I don't love... Jason Owe in the first round, especially a Buffalo Bills team that I think is almost ready to make a Super Bowl run. So, like, is he going to help me this year? I don't think so. Um, so, I'm not going to stick away from him. I'm going to take Christian Barmore, defensive tackle out of Alabama, to be the partner inside with Ed Oliver. I think he's a little different, but I think that they both give you upside as an interior pass rusher. So
2: Yeah, there's sure. a lot of upside. Between the two of them, you get athletic upside Christian Barmore you saw as the season went on he got better and better just as he did in 2019 as well he's someone that as the season wears on he just gets in a groove I think you know uh pairing him with Ed Oliver get some of those double teams off of him that he he suffered throughout college I think Christian Barmore could be a impact player in that defense and kind of get them that next step to go in towards Super Bowl contention
1: Man, I already turned in the pick, but I'm so upset. I didn't even realize David Collins was still on the board. I
0: yeah. would have been in a heavy
2: conversation.
0: Uh, you, you oh well. Hey, that. Joe, oh, we have okay, a new so,
2: 31 overall pick. So, uh.
0: Yeah, I know. I know the Baltimore Ravens are picking here at 31, not the Kansas City Chiefs right. anymore after the Orlando Brown trade. And re- remind me who you took with the first Spencer Brown. Ravens Spencer Brown. pick. Spencer Brown. It was Spencer Brown. Okay, so they got their offensive tackle situation a little bit shirt up, you're really trying to coax me into the Zayvon Collins pick. So I'm the de- the two guys that I'm, I'm really debating between as I've done with every single pick. So I, I was thinking Zaven Collins, the fact that he's still on the board, he's going to be a very good defensive player and he could be high impact. But the other option for me is maybe going Terrace Marshall and trying to grab that receiver because I, I'm pretty sure that they're not drafting for a little bit in the second round. You're not necessarily going to resolve your receiver position it's not as much of a guarantee to resolve your receiver position in the second round so instead of hoping that Terrace marshall is there available later i think i'm gonna go with him here give me terris marshall jr out of Jeez. lc Jeez. no i
2: i don't hate it um it just i feel like I there's there's it. some players that should be in the first round that are gonna fall out yep yeah
1: well Oh man! Wait, because who, who's the last pick? Oh
2: yeah, it's the um, the Tampa the Bay Buccaneers, the, the Bucks, yes. and
0: Alex is going to be the one. Yeah. Him, right?
2: So this this puts me in an interesting um, situation because I was Davis Mills. Yeah. Now we're Beavis we're Beavis we're, go, we're buying in. We have two more years with Tom Brady in Tampa. We're going to try to win one to two more Super Bowls. So we're not going to take a backup quarterback, wide receiver.
0: Mm, uh, Could come on, put go get Elijah Moore to replace Antonio Brown. Everybody keeps making. They're gonna bring Antonio Brown back. Come on, Alex. Come on, Alex. Do it, Alex. Let's
2: invest in someone that's gonna be an impact player day one. Day one, (sighs) Elijah Moore. No, we're gonna look. They're returning all of their starters. Let's just take the best player on the board. Uh,
0: I bet they trade out of this pick because they are really not. They don't really oh, have any yeah, issues. They can, yeah, if someone's
2: desperate to move up to thirty-two to get that fifth year option on somebody, this would be a good trade back scenario with the board falling the way it did. Could go running back. You see that being kind of like the the chalk pick for Tampa, because that seems to be like the one position that everyone agrees they could use an upgrade, even though they've spent so much draft capital and so much uh free agency deals going towards the running back position i'm just gonna take the best player available i think he's, he's gonna have a role in year one but you're not gonna have to ask him to do too much given his position zayvon collins you i just can't let him fall out of the first round too good of a football player you take the value the athletic freak at his size he can rush the passer on the outside he can drop back in coverage i know you have Devin white i know you have um Levante David. Levante David. That's the word I was looking. That's the name I was looking for. You have linebackers in place, but I think what Zaven Collins brings to the table is a little bit different, a little bit more diverse. Uh, you know, from an outside linebacker perspective, bring in Zaven Collins just because he's the best player on the board. You can hit running back later on uh, to pair with Leonard Fournette and Keyshawn Vaughn and some of these guys you have on the roster.
1: Ronald Jones. How dare you not mention Ronald, Ronald Jones.
2: Jones? Sorry, that's probably the best <laughs> of the three. So I don't know why I forgot about him. <laughs>
1: Oh uh, man, no, I, it's it's interesting because that is literally best player available. Yes, and usually Not even close. that works out. Levante Davis getting a little old and tooth, even though I think stylistically they're much different. Are they going to fill the same role? You're still going to have to reemphasize the linebacker room somewhat soon because Levante Davis obviously in his 30s now, so Devin White's going to need his running mate long term. Can Zeke Collins get on the field a bunch as a rookie? Can he maybe give you some pass rush versatility? workings from multiple alignments maybe so it's interesting we're
2: missing interesting. we're missing some of these late risers johnman davis jason owa we're just not buying into them being worthy of first round picks they've had a late run i'm not i
1: mean like i like John Mann davis better than baron browning but like i still like i just can't get there in the first round i just can't
2: do it you know the only player here that i'm really just like kind of upset he didn't find a landing spot is trayvon merrick i think he's worthy of a first round pick
1: yeah honestly but
0: it's gonna be like last year it's gonna it, it, just based on how things seem like they're stacking up it's probably gonna be a second round run because like you don't want to be the team that takes the first safety right
1: yeah, yeah I, if if I was if I was Baltimore with that second first round pick, that's the two guys I would have considered was Zayvon Collins or Trevon Merrick. I think that would have been interesting.
2: But they do need a wide receiver, an outside wide receiver with the bodies. They do, and, you know. So it, it, you didn't. It's not a bad pick, but that's that's a good landing spot, you know. Given those two picks, Spitzer Brown, whether he goes first round or not, is up in the air. That could be a landing spot. I see, you know, uh, Trayvon Merrick going there a lot. Whether that's twenty seven or now the 31 over, 31st overall pick. There's no one else I'm really mad at. It just got down to the end, and I was like, God, there's some guys, Christian Barmore, Zayvon Collins, Trayvon Merrick, but we got a couple of those guys off the board at the end. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I think that's a good note to, to wrap us up on, folks. Thanks for tuning in for the final part of our mock draft. The NFL draft is going to be here on Thursday, so we're probably going to end up punching out a little bit more content to wrap up our cycle, and then after the draft's over, we're going to be reacting and discussing various moves various selections you name it folks make sure you follow us on social media at nfl prospects pod at joe de at rise and draft at alex gillstrap at believe podcast spelled b-l-e-a-v podcasts uh also head to believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds of other amazing shows hit that subscribe button and also leave us a five star review thanks for tuning in folks we'll see you on draft day